So you've been dreaming about your project for a long time. Maybe you're a homeowner who is thinking about all the memories you're going to make in your new house. Or maybe you're a young family whose house has toys all over the place and you just need more space. Or maybe you're a business owner thinking about expanding your operations or starting a new restaurant. But you've been dreaming about this project for some time. And there comes a point when you realize that you need to hire an architect. But how do you do that? How do you go about hiring an architect? Why would you hire an architect? And when in the process would you hire the architect? We're going to discuss all of this today and more. So my name is Chris Novelli and I am the Principal Architect at N3 Architecture and welcome to the Home Design Academy podcast where we help people understand design and construction so that they can make better decisions on their projects and communicate more effectively with their architects and contractors. And so this is episode number 19, how and when to hire an architect. So I'm just going to start off by saying nobody wants to hire an architect. Just like nobody wants to go to the doctor's office, or nobody wants to go to the dentist, or nobody wants to have to hire a lawyer, but it's the transformation that you desire. It's the transformation from your current state to your future state. That future state where you're making the memories with your grandchildren, or that future state where your business is successful. And the services of an architect can make it possible for you to get to where you want to go. So there's a misconception, though, that architects are only needed for museums or large office buildings or that architects are only for the wealthy. Let me just start off by saying that no matter how small your project is, an architect can be an asset for you. But how do you get started? Some of the things that you should know or should or questions that you should at least consider is how will your project be used? Do you have a general idea of the size of the spaces that you need? Do you have an anticipated schedule or an anticipated investment? And it's okay if your thoughts on schedule and budget and investment are off. Most people that are not involved with the design and construction process have a bit of an unrealistic expectation of just how much things cost and just how much time it takes. And, you know, if the extent of your knowledge comes from HGTV, you're going to be in for a big reality check because those shows on HGTV, they don't depict realistic budgets. They don't depict realistic timelines. And a lot of the materials and products are donated by the sponsors and labor costs are usually not included within the budgets that they present on the shows. So basically, if you're watching any of those shows, just understand that the projects most likely cost at least twice as much and took at least twice as long to complete. So I just don't want you to be shocked when you find out how long the construction is going to take or actually how much it's going to cost. So the next thing I want you to consider are what are your overall aspirations for the project? And this gets back to thinking about how your life will be better once the project is complete. Now these aspirations can be emotional such as making memories with your family 
or they can be performance-based, such as improved office efficiency, or they can even be practical, such as a more efficient building that costs less money to heat or cool. Another thing that you need to know before hiring an architect is who will be making the decisions. So if you're a homeowner and married, will both spouses be involved? What about your children or extended family? Thinking about who will be using the house or who will be using the building or who will be affected by any aspect of it and consider if you want their involvement in the process. If you're a business, who is involved in the decision-making process? Is it a person who is put in charge of just managing the project or do they need to go and get approvals from the CEO or the CFO or a board of directors? Because at the end of the day, there needs to be clarity on who the decision makers are, whether that whether you're a family building a house or a business building an office building or or you sit on a board of directors that are building a new addition to a hospital. So next, do you have the resources in place to not only pay for the design and construction, but the operations of the new building? This is a thing, the operations side is something that I think gets overlooked. People worry about the the budget and the investment for the construction, but they don't take into consideration how much it will cost on a monthly or a yearly basis to operate that house or to operate that building. And what can you do during the design and the construction phase to reduce that operating costs? Are you willing to invest a little bit more upfront for systems that will save energy and save you money over time? I sure hope so. Do you have any previous experience with design and construction? So what were those good experiences? What were those bad experiences? You should document these and discuss them with your new architect because that can help form the experience you have of working with the architect. The next thing that I always get asked is how much does an architect cost? So a mentor of mine uh, used this analogy and he says, if I showed you a picture of a bag of groceries and asked you how much that bag of groceries cost, what would be your answer? It's impossible to answer, right? Because you don't know what's in that bag of groceries. So it's also impossible to say right off the bat how much does an architect cost because it depends on the size of the project, it depends on the complexity of the project, it depends on the owner's time frame, if they want it done quickly or whether it's something that's that's extended out. But there are many different ways that architects can bill their clients and don't be afraid to discuss these with their potential architect or if you're interviewing several architects. So the first way that an architect bills is the hourly way. So it's cost per hour. And sometimes um, architects might use this method of billing in the early stages of the project when there's a lot of unknowns and when you're sort of investigating things to figure out just what the problems are and what needs to be solved. So the low end might be $100 an hour and the high end of an architect's fee might be up to $300 an hour. So, you know, it all depends on the firm and it all depends on the project complexity. The next way that architects bill could be a fixed fee. And this is what I like the best because it's a set amount of money for an agreed upon deliverable. And so I like this because the expectations are known upfront. The client knows just how much it's gonna cost. The architect knows just how much they are gonna get paid. And both parties know what the expectations are. 
So another way that architects bill is called a percentage fee. And this is a percentage of the construction cost. So, so I most often see this type of fee on larger projects that are going to span several years or a, or a year in time. And you don't really see the percentage fee used so much for residential, but that doesn't mean that, that there's not architects that won't charge that way. Um, so a lot of times though, the actual construction cost isn't known up front. So you have an estimated cost. So the architect, what they'll do is they'll base their initial fee on this estimated cost for the house or the building and use that for the early stages of design and construction drawings. But then once the project goes out to bid and the actual contract or the actual construction cost is known, the contract then gets reworked between the architect and the owner based upon that construction amount. And trust me, it's less complicated than it sounds. So what types of percentages will you be expected to pay? Well, projects around the $1 million to $2 million cost range, let's say an average might be 10% of the construction cost would go to your architect's fee. Projects that are more expensive than that, the percentage usually goes down. So the percentage of the construction cost on a $10 million project might be, you know, 7% or 6%. But lower, uh, less expensive projects, that percentage fee actually goes up. So if you're looking at a $500,000 house, you might not pay a 10% fee. You might be paying like a 12% fee or a 15% fee. So I know what you must be thinking. You must be sitting there listening to me talk and say, wow, Chris, architect's fees are so expensive. And yes and no, I can see how a homeowner or I can see how someone who's not involved in the construction process might think that. Just know that in the overall scheme of things, the architect's fee is just a small fraction of the overall costs. Just say, if you're paying $500,000 for the construction of a new house and the architect's fee is $20,000 or $30,000 or even $50,000 that's you know that's a small number in the in the overall scheme of things. And when you get into projects that are up over the million dollar range or even 10 million dollars then it's even less of a less of the piece of the pie. And yeah, I know you must be sitting there again thinking, "Wow, an architect's going to get paid $25,000 to design my house. They must be making a ton of money." Well, that's not actually true at all. So you need to think and consider all the things that the architect has to pay for with that fee. They have to pay for all of their consulting engineers, whether it's mechanical or electrical engineering or structural engineering. They have to pay for all their overhead and operating costs. They have to pay for their software subscriptions to use the programs to design your house, which cost thousands of dollars a year. They have to... pay for professional insurance and health insurance and taxes and payroll. And then at the end of the day, there might be a small little bit of that money left over for profit. And why be in business at all if there isn't any profit? And so most architects, especially small architects, small firm architects and sole proprietors are left with so very little profit or no profit for their business. So No, an architect's fee is not expensive, and in fact, they should probably be paid much more. And now that that little rant is over, you might be thinking, 
well, how do I actually go about selecting an architect? How do I pre-qualify an architect or how do I interview an architect? So let me give you some tips here. So first off, an architect needs to be a good listener. So if you're interviewing an architect and they only talk about what they think is best for you or what they think is best for your project, or if they sit there and talk about how they've won design awards and have over 25 years of experience and they're the expert in this and they're the expert of that, then you should consider passing on that firm. They should be talking about you and what your needs are and how they can help you. So are they coming from a position of ego where they're only talking about themselves or are they coming from a position of empathy where they listen and care about your your opinions? So a good architect will be able to take all of the information that you give them and translate it into an effective building that works for the way that you want to live or for the way that you want your business to operate or the experience that you want your customers to have. So how many architects should you interview? Well, I mean, I guess the average might be between three and five. Five might be too many. I think a lot of the pre-qualification these days can be made online by looking through their websites or with quick phone conversations. So how do you find these architects, right? You can do a Google search. I think that's where I would start. You can talk to people who have constructed similar projects. You can talk to contractors and builders in the area that have worked on similar projects. You can look up your local chapter of the AIA, which is the American Institute of Architects. Every state, every region has a local chapter, and they'll not only have resources for you as a homeowner, but they'll also most likely have a list of the architects in your area. So I do want you to be a little careful about referrals, though. I mean, your cousin Jimmy might have used an architect and Bob down the street or Nancy uh, that's on the school committee with you might have hired an architect before and they might say that their architect is the best. And this goes the same with the contractors. You have to be a little bit cautious because no one's going to want to say that they had a bad job or a bad project. No one's going to want to say that they paid $20,000 to an architect and hated the design, right? So just take their any referrals with a grain of salt. You need to find the architect that's right for you. So next, if you have a specific building type, then look for the architects that specialize in that type of building. And so a lot of architects out there might say that they're generalists, that they say, oh, we design houses and schools and fire stations and office buildings and restaurants, and they do that out of fear of missing out on a project. So what you want to do is you want to find the architect that specializes in the type of building or the type of house that you want to design. And so if you have a specific style, look for architects that work in that style. And again, most architects are going to say that we design in, in multiple styles. And I know that, you know, me personally, I can design a modern house just as well as, as I can design a traditional house. But if you love modern design, look for the firms that do that type of work. If you love traditional design or historic preservation, look for the firms that do that sort of work. Ask your architect or architects that you're interviewing for references and actually call them. Call these references or email them 
Ask them what it was like to work with that architect. Ask if the architect was mindful of their needs or did they just do whatever they wanted to do. Ask them if the architect was involved in the construction administration and if they worked well with the contractor. So as you know, or maybe you don't know, an architect is the client's representative on the job site. They're not only observing the construction to make sure that it gets built according to the design, but they are advocates for the owner. Just know that an architect is not in any position to make money off of the construction of your house, so they have your best interests in mind. Ask your architect who will be on the team working on their project. What, of, what employees of theirs will be working on the project and ask to speak to those people. Determine what their personal qualifications are and not just the overall company qualifications. So just know, if you're working with a bigger architecture firm, you are not going to get the principal architect designing your house. I hate to say it, but it's just that's just the way it works. The person with their name on the door or the name on the sign outside will most not will most likely not be designing or working on the construction drawings for your house. So this is a good way that small firm architects like myself can make a difference because you get the principal architect working on all phases of your project. Ask if you can visit any of their completed works if possible. Now, it might not be possible to go into someone's home, but if a, an architect that you want to work with has done some public buildings, then you could certainly go and visit those. Ask your potential architect what their process is. What are the phases of design? And what is required of you as the homeowner? And what their schedule is. Ask them if they foresee any problems with the project. Sometimes challenges aren't un understood until a, couple, a complete analysis can be done. But other times challenges are known up front. Maybe it's a difficult site or limited budget or a program that is just too big. Ask them how they will present the designs to you and when they will present the designs to you. Is this an ongoing process that you're involved with or will the architect simply show up once the design is complete and roll it out on the table and say, here you go. And so, you know, you obviously want to ask the architect what about what their fee uh, would be and what their payment structure would look like. And just know that that fee and payment structure can be tailored to your specific needs. It's very important that you ask your architect that you're interviewing what is included and what is not included. So some architects might include a basic kitchen layout where they show the location of the cabinets and countertops while others might include more detail and more design work. Some architects will include selecting all the light fixtures and door hardware and appliances and every other thing that you can think of when other architects won't include that. Some architects will include reviewing different types of windows and different finishes and others might leave it the drawings more generic depicting sizes, dimensions, and materials, but leaving the final selection to up to the client during the construction period. So if you're going to want a more inclusive white glove type of service from your architect, then you should let them know that up front before fees are discussed and proposal, proposals are issued. And also, if you want that white glove service, expect to pay more. And the same is true for the opposite. If you just want the basics, if you just need the basics, you can discuss that level of service with your architect. Another thing to know what's included is 
when it comes to construction administration, project management, while the, the, the project is under construction. You need to talk to your architect if that's included in their services or not. And knowing what responsibilities the architect will handle, what responsibilities you will handle, and what responsibilities the contractor will handle. This is all critical information to know before you sign a contract with the architect. And that way you're all on the same page and there's no surprises down the road. So the last bit of information I have before you hire an architect is, can you see yourself getting along with them? Especially in residential work, you need to think of it almost as a relationship. You and your architect are going to be able to get to know each other very well, and you not only need to get along with them, but you need to be able to talk openly with them and have that back and forth dialogue. But just also know that selection is a mutual process. And an architect is not a commodity to be purchased. They're going to be interviewing you and evaluating you just as much as you're interviewing them. They need to determine if you and your project are a good fit for them. And the more open and honest you can be with with your expectations, the better each of you are going to be able to decide is if it's a good fit. that wraps up another episode of the home design academy podcast i hope that you've learned something and enjoyed yourself along the way make sure you subscribe and you leave a review on your podcast player of choice please visit n3architecture.com for more information and please submit your questions to home design academy at n3architecture.com thank you and i'll see you in the next episode bye